Welcome back to the Battle of the Sexes podcast. I am your host, the Homeboys, and we have our co-hosts again this week, Portal Combat and Southern Sassafras. Hey, y'all. Oh, yeah. Your best favorite podcast of the week is here again. Let's do it. Number one listen to. <laughs> Top of the <laughs> Number one right in now. the league. <laughs> Make sure you like, subscribe, follow us. <laughs> yes, I like it. <laughs> All right, so um, we'll start out like we did last week and just kind of get our thoughts on our teams. How do we feel about them? Um, you know, do we feel like they're going the right way? feel like we need to revamp and kind of go from there. So, so yeah, that's talk trash want. about the rest of your teams. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's the best part about having the podcast, right? So I feel like my team is a sinking ship and I am just bailing out water every week. So I've got two losses. So I'm not feeling great. I'm hoping for the best and wishful thinking, but we'll see. My A lot of my players are just not performing like I want them to, and I'm just having some tough matchups. I mean, I just faced girls rule, which, you know, she kind of kicked your butt last week, and she kicked mine this week. So, I don't know. We'll see. What about you, Portal Combat? Yeah, well, I, I'll also tell you, uh, Southern Safras, that you shouldn't worry that much. I mean, she's ranked number one right now girls rule that beat you last week i mean you put up a respectable number so i definitely wouldn't uh wouldn't look too down on your stuff i mean you put up more points than me i just happen to be playing someone who couldn't hang so (laughs) so i feel decent about it i got the win this week so now one and one you know puts me right in the middle of the pack we got we got four undefeated four oh and twos and four one and one so I feel okay. I don't feel great. I'm not having any weeks that I'm putting up crazy numbers, but pretty consistent, especially given the fact that Kirk Cousins completely failed me last week. Um, so I just have a couple of things I, I feel like I can clean up, and then I think I'll be pretty good, pretty decent. Yeah, so um, my team is uh, performing better. I would say there's still some tweaks. Like, I really think I'm going to have to sit Zeke for a little while because it kind of seems like Tony Pollard's kind of their back they're they're focusing on right now. And maybe that has to do with being, like, that Dak's out. Um, they both average in similar carries per a- attempt, but Tony Pollard's getting the, the, the majority of their work right now. So I think I'm going to have to set Zeke this week, but kind of see where it goes from there. Carson Wentz was an amazing pickup for me. So 30 points this week, which was great. I also had a trade with Bald Eagle that was Cam Akers. I got Cam Akers and he got Devin Singletary. I didn't play Cam Akers. He still put up about eight points, same than he did last week. And then Bald Eagle did play Singletary, which unfortunately only got him four because the Bills are so awesome that they only have to play three quarters for the beat teams, apparently. So <laughs> I don't know if you saw that, but they start, set all their starters oh, yeah. in the third quarter. Oh, yeah. Other than that, my tight end's performing. My running backs, uh, besides Zeke, are not bad. Um, I think Jeff Wilson was a solid pickup for me. Devonta Smith seems to be coming on, so that's positive. And I'm hopeful that Chris Godwin's going to play this week because Mike Evans being suspended, that's pretty much. And Julio Jones hurt. I'm I'm going to hopefully Godwin gets all the targets. All right, so let's go into Sassafras' Cajun Creole. So let's talk about our spiciest and blandest players of the week. Okay, so the spiciest player this week is definitely Lamar Jackson, 51.62 points. He had 318 passing yards, and he also had the most gains with 100-plus rushing yards by a quarterback in NFL history with 11. So just a... 
phenomenal performance by him. So he's definitely the spiciest player this week. And then for the blandest, I'm going to pronounce it correctly this week, y'all. I have two. I had two last week. The first is Donovan Peoples-Jones. He got zero points. And it was surprising because last week he led the Browns in receiving for week the first game in week one. And he almost had a six-yard touchdown catch the first half. But then after they did the video review, they kind of overturned that call. So he didn't get his one target that he had that game. My second one is for the Lions, DJ Shark or Chark. He had four targets on Sunday and he came away with zero of them. Yeah, that that's that, that's rough. So yeah, Donovan People Jones looked great for Week One, and then uh, yeah, <laughs> then, then he realized he plays for the Browns. So Jacoby Brissett, <laughs> not not <laughs> not loving him the second week, I guess. All right, so we'll go ahead and jump into our matchup review. We're gonna start the week with Back to the Future versus Mention Minions, which is a topic of last week's uh, podcast. So first off, I just wanted to to point out something that one of our co-hosts made a a statement <laughs> last week that. Didn't really fall true this week. And that was Mortal Kombat saying, why is everybody sleeping on Fordello Addison? <laughs> well, last week's effort shows you why people are sleeping on him. Because one, the offense is not consistent in Atlanta. And two, they don't know if they want to use him or not. They Obviously, there's some issues there. And I'm not sure if it's on him or if it's on the system in general. But he did not perform well this week. I hear you. I hear you. But hey, you know what? Minions put up plenty of points. And because he can, he can play a little bit more boom and bust players. Plus, there's a ton of running backs who just are not doing great. So you can always roll the dice with them. And, you know, every other game, you might be able to get that 20 plus points. But yeah, the one time he he rolls them out there, he, he, he lays a dud. But he still won the game, so I don't feel that bad about saying it. And I know he didn't do it because I said to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Never know. Maybe he did. Yeah, so my takeaways on this matchup with Dak and Minshew Minions, you know, Dak tried. He just, some of his, you know, his defense only gave him like nine points. But overall, you know, not too bad. It's just Minshew had a couple breakaway players. I'm on Ross St. Brown. I mean, he just had a phenomenal game. He had 184 scrimmage yards. And he also set a record. He has six uh, game streak of eight or more receptions and at least one receiving touchdown. And that's the longest um, such streak since they've had the Super Bowl. And I mean, you can tell he gave him 42.4 points. So when you have just one player, not to mention Nick Chubb, 32 points, I mean, just two players giving you like 70 points, you're going to have that. Your scale is going to be balanced in your favor for the win. Absolutely. That's huge. I mean, Dak to the future puts up 146 points. That's better than more than half of uh, the scores this week. You know, most of these games he would have won with that score. But, you know, Minshew Minions comes in, does incredible, with, especially with those two players. And I'll also say Dak to the future. I mean, we were worried about him last week, or at least I was. I said I was worried about him. If he didn't make any changes, if he could consistently get higher than that, you know, it looked like 120, 130 ceiling. But they went out on the waiver, picked up uh, Samuel. They picked up Everett, spent about 35 on those two. And both of them delivered big time this week. Uh, Samuel getting almost 23 points, Everett getting 
13 at the tight end position. I mean, those are, those are huge pickups, huge piece of his game. Yeah. I just want to point out Micah Parsons last week. I said that he's going to get a lot of work. Well, he's outperformed Russell Wilson both weeks. His, his linebacker is getting more points than his quarterback (laughs) on his team. Yep. I don't know what's going on in Denver, but they're falling apart. Trevor Lawrence honestly looked way better than Russell Wilson did this week. And I think that was the same as last week. Uh, Russell Wilson's only had a 58% completion rate over the last two weeks, which is not like him at all. Yeah. I mean, I mean, while we're here talking about falling apart, Jonathan Taylor against Jacks, I mean, the whole Colts really just where was that offense? It, it was nowhere to be seen. I think that just attributes how much Michael Pittman is to that offense. And Jacksonville could just stack the box because they know those rookie receivers they have on the other team, the youth, they, they just, I don't know if they can't catch the ball or if they're just not getting where they need from Matt Ryan, but it, they'd not look good this, this Sunday. I put down some notes for Duvernay for Minshew had a perfect, has had a perfect completion rating this week. So last two games, he's got 100% of the passes thrown to him, and he's scored 33.6 points. So that is a huge pickup because I'm pretty sure he was not drafted and he was picked up on the waiver. Yeah, that's I mean that's a great pickup right there. Curtis Samuel, same thing. Like you said, Dr. Doc, Doc the Future picked him up on the waiver, went undrafted, um, and he's had a 75% completion rating and one touchdown per week. And regardless of Russell being bad, it seems like Horton Sutton is still getting the points that he needs to get. So he's making the 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 receiving yards after the catch so that he can you know benefit from his what is it seven receptions he had last week so yep all right let's move on to a girl's rule fins for life versus our very own southern sassafras you want to start with that southern sassafras well i didn't get a w i got another defeated again you know the one thing that stands out to me is aaron jones he had a a really good game 132 rushing yards i mean he gave her 32 points i heard defensive player gave her 29 points for tampa bay so yeah jones has nine yards per carry this season so he's making every effort when he gets the ball to make the most of it they need to keep feeding him the ball basically all right so i saw that girls rule one even though she had points on the bench um she would have played wilson over juju she would have had almost 197 points so she almost had 200 again so that's one of those things garrett wilson being a rookie though it's so hard to like put him in there and be confident especially with a lot of the other jet receivers doing well um so i understand why she put juju in there right now i just don't know what's going on with the chiefs offense like as far as they're just they just spread the ball around so much it's hard to say who you want to have as your primary right stafford looked great uh 75 completion rating three touchdowns two interceptions so he bounced back i think that was really good for you Mm-hmm. And Cooper Cup, I looked at the score on Cooper Cup, and I had to look at it again because he scored 33.8 points this week. Last week, he scored 33.8 points. <laughs> so I don't know if this is going to just be Big his job, normal. Yeah. Like, what's going on? Even, but... even when Stafford does bad, he still puts up 33.8 yeah. points. Yeah. Stafford does good, he still puts up 33.8 points. Just, Absolutely. I mean, at this point, I only it. need him to increase his – by 20 points and then maybe i'll have a shot at a, <laughs> a victory next week well kyle pitt's getting three targets last week i don't know what's going on in atlanta but they are not utilizing the weapons they need to utilize with cordell patterson and kyle pitt's not getting the targets i i don't i don't understand yeah it's mind-boggling i talked about tony pollard you know he's getting 1.5 yards per carry more than zeke is whenever he does get the opportunity to carry the ball 
And Zach Ertz looked amazing. So he's another one of those tight ends that's actually performing and doing well. So sorry about your loss. I know exactly how that feels because I'm 0-2 <laughs> and in last place. So, all right. Moving on to I Pity the Fool versus the original RBD. I mean, Buffalo is just bringing it. Just uh, whooping. Yeah. <laughs> 190 from I Pity the Fool to the original RBD's uh, 104. Uh, I'm not sure if this was this was ever very close of a match. I mean, she's just dominant this year so far. I mean, she that stack of Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs is insane. Like it's deadly. Yeah, the Bills are, are firing on all cylinders. I mean, like we said earlier, they set their their starters in the second half. I mean, even even without them, she's still. Really close to winning that last week. Uh, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones really hurt the original RBD. Damian Pierce just I don't know if he's just if if it's just the offense there in Houston or what what exactly is going on, but he's he hasn't performed in the last two weeks. Like what Plus we he's a he rookie, carry. so might just take him, you know, a while to kind of warm up or get used to it. Yeah, well the team itself can't find the end zone, so I understand why he can't find the end zone. Um Eckler looked good. Bounce back week, right? So um, he's only averaging 2.6 yards per carry, but he's getting a lot of receiving yards. So what does that mean when Keenan Allen comes back? Does he fall back into that role of week one, um, or does he continue to get catches? Because a lot of the a lot of the catches on Thursday night were you know pass offs to the running back. So they really utilized that quite a bit. Other things I had uh, talk about Barkley coming back down to earth. So he didn't put up those God mode numbers. He still put up good numbers. And really the only concern. That I see with Pity the Fool, and it's really not a concern, is the tight end position. But yeah. once Kittle comes back, and if once he stays healthy, back. she could make a huge run this year. Yeah, yeah, that's a, it's a fire team that's really performing right now. Yeah, everybody else better look out because that's the person. That's the the that her and girls rule are the teams to to beat right now. Yep. Okay. Candace in Hasmanians versus Food Chubbs. So, Food Chubbs finally got taken back down to earth a little bit with his. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, leaving 71, pin, 71 points on the bench. What do you guys have for that matchup? I thought Jefferson kind of underperformed only putting up, you know, 10.8 points. Kay and Hasmanians, I mean, she had Tyreek Hill, who, and I know, you know, Chiefs are your team, uh, my homeboys, but obviously 46 points. I mean, Hill, you know, has, uh, he just tied the Hall of Fame, Jerry Rice, at this last game because he had at least 10 receptions, 150 receiving yards and two receiving scores to tie Jerry Rice. And that's at this point, you know, Hill could easily kind of overcome that. So that's pretty amazing. So I think that that's a really strong player that helped her to get that victory. Yeah. I think I'm going to go ahead and give Devin this, uh, portal combat spinchiest mistake of the week. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. I mean, Smith Jr. on your bench at tight end, if even just that one switch with their tight end on that bench, that's all you would have needed. And it would have been very close, but he could have came out on top with that move. Yeah, because his tight end, he played Tanya with Green Bay, only gave him 3.10 points. Yeah, those two receptions. He has a 30-point difference between the two. So This was a a close match. There There were only a couple. That were uh, that were very close this week in this. Yeah, I mean, we showed that she showed that the Bills' defense is good, I and mean, just keep playing them because they're playing Absolutely, amazing and their offense yeah. is playing amazing. So um, I'd be interested to see how she kind of goes from here with Burrow and Rodgers. Yeah. Does she make that switch because 
Burrow's getting hit a lot. You know, do you go with the veteran or do you stay with the young guy that's the heart of uh, the LSU team? I mean, Burrow did look really good last year. I don't know what they're trying to like work out this year, but Rogers, I mean, they're still trying to figure out how to replace that. You know, Adams left that huge shoes to fill. So it's kind of like a, a gamble there too. Cause I have him in my other league and he's my starting quarterback and he hasn't really been soaring or kind of rising to the challenge. This week looks a lot better than last week for Rogers and green Bay, but still got some kinks to work out. Right. Yeah. Ru- Russell Gage will be an interesting play for swoon chubs um, to see if he, Decides he wants to move him up, especially with Evans being suspended. That could increase targets for Gage. But I don't know that we just we just don't know who their who their number one target is. They just signed Cole Beasley. Yes, Cole Beasley. So does he get some work or does he more of a you know just a case type player? He wasn't very impressive. Where did he come from? Buffalo <laughs> last year, I think. Yeah. So I mean, I think KNN has her team looks pretty good too um, overall, especially if Hill can keep putting up forty six points a game. Yeah. I mean him yeah. and Jalen Waddle, Miami had a huge comeback to yeah. beat Baltimore. That was amazing. It was crazy. You got to imagine too. I mean, I don't know how the percentages looked like, but you kind of went from he had nothing, he had nothing to all of a sudden all these points. Yeah, they uh, didn't even start scoring points. definitely needed it to, to get this win. Yeah, and the only thing I otherwise I had here was, uh, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire looks good. Um, he's getting nine, nine, almost nine and a half yards per carry. He's just got to find the end zone. I think if yep. he can get the end zone, that'll be that little bit she needs to like make him be an elite running back. All right, now to the disappointing game of the week, at least for <laughs> me. Uh, myself versus Bortle Combat. So take it away, Bortle. Oh, take that loss, sir. Take that loss. It hurts. Oh, man. It definitely. <laughs> and so we went into the Monday night games, and you were up, but not by much. Not by much. Um, I had both. Kirk Cousins, let's see here. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. And neither one of them put up a lot. Yeah, they underperformed for you, Bortle. Yeah, I I felt really good going into it, and then when those points didn't come, I was like, oh, boy. It it, it took a lot longer than I needed. Mark Andrews was really strong there for your tight end to give you that many points, almost 26. That's great. And I I was kind of one thing I noted when I was kind of reviewing this game between y'all is, only you both of your defensive players only gave you four points i know it's disappointing. So usually they're kind of help you to get some extra points but putting up kicker points for us right now that's yeah all. basically yeah. it was uh pretty much what i see here is more of two balanced teams that we really didn't have that you know two or three guys that we needed to really go off go off uh mike williams was a it was early in the week it was good to get that in so i'm like okay at least i know one of my guys went off uh at least more than expected especially after the week one that he had uh but other than that yeah it was very you know nobody's doing too crazy too crazy so this what kept this uh very close very yeah close so do you uh do you move drake london in your starting lineup yet um I, oh yeah probably yeah i think the you know other than looking at the waiver wires this week um devonta smith i probably will move back into my starting lineup um he kind of redeemed himself a little bit from last week's goose egg so I'll hopefully he can you know turn it around a little bit we when you look at our points you also look at our bench and we both had enough points on the bench with there were definitely a bunch of different combinations where this game could have played out where either one of us won. Yep. Agreed. 
Well, lucky for you, babe, McCaffrey's not hurt, you know, so he's still going strong. So that's good. Ezekiel Elliott, I know you mentioned earlier when you're talking about somebody else for Dallas, you know, kind of maybe benching him or looking at that. I mean, you know, when you're running back only doesn't even give you six points, that, that is something to kind of look at. And I know we were at that Jags game and uh, cheering ETN, but, you know, Robinson, they kind of favored him. So that yep. kind of messed, messed up with your little score and victory too, babe. Yeah, it was it was fun watching that game. Rooting for <laughs> rooting for the Jacks, but also saying no, don't give it to one. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely didn't give it to him, so you, you no. whatever you did worked. Which I mean, I'm glad really for because good... every time he got the ball, ten yards, ten yards, ten yards, and it's like, come on! It was only the three times, but every time, yeah, he's definitely great. in the uh, pass catching game more than it, than he is mm-hmm. in the run game. So they like right. Robinson for that that big back mentality. So all right, last matchup of the week. Bald Eagle versus one to a hill. Colin still strong, two and zero oh now. Put up the points to beat Bald Eagle, even though Bald Eagle had two quarterbacks with over fifty points. I know that's that's crazy. Having both Lamar Jackson and Tua on your team, both going over fifty points against each other in the same game. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he Spread voted for well. the super flex <laughs> idea, but he may he may want that super flex yeah. next year with that with a stack like that. Yeah. That's that's yeah. If we would have had that, it would have been in the bag. But I tell you what, Collins putting up a lot of points. Yeah, he is. I mean, Waddle yeah. bailed him out quite a bit. Forty three yeah, points for Waddle. Judy let him down as well as Indianapolis. I mean, who would think that the Jacks would shut him down and they wouldn't leave with zero points? So you know that didn't help him. But he still got the the victory. Yeah. So Robinson with some life and a score this week. And uh, unfortunately he had Lockett on the bench with almost 20 points, but even if he would played Lockett, he would, he couldn't have won regardless. So, I mean, he played yeah. to whatever he had available essentially. So. Yeah. There's really not a lot of changes he could have made in this game to, to come back. I mean, this just such a strong performance uh, by one to help. Yeah, I mean, I you know, Tua being that left-handed quarterback, sometimes it's kind of questionable how he does. But I mean, obviously, Waddle did really well last year. And he's already had two touchdowns and 171 yards with only 11 catches this year, so he's dominant. He's doing very good. So that's a great pickup for him. It's interesting that um, he doesn't have Tua or Hill on his team, yeah. even though he's won Tua <laughs> Hill. So he has Waddle though. So he has the he yep. has the one of the trifectas, yeah. right? Yeah, he's got some of that Miami. DeAndre Swift looks amazing catching lots of passes so and that's kind of where he's getting a lot of his points from probably one of the better backs right now um in the yeah. league so he he looks healthy he looks strong and he's definitely helping lead that team christian kirk looked good yeah. two touchdowns this week so that's awesome yeah they're utilizing him i'm sure the jag all jags fans are excited and yeah our rookie is two and oh in our league so who invited him to the league again? <laughs> <laughs> we've we've had a we've had we've had a couple of different rookies get you know win it. So. Yeah, maybe it's beginner's luck. Maybe it is. Maybe the tides will turn. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on. So I wanted to give my commissioner's tip of the week. So my tip this week is: Where do you place players whenever you are putting them in your roster? So meaning, if you have a player that plays Thursday night. You should always play that person in a primary role. If it's a running back, they should always play in a running back position. If they're a wide receiver, they should always play in a wide receiver position. That really goes for like early Sunday games too. And the reason why is if you put them in a flex position and they don't perform well, you don't really have an option to pivot. You're locked in at flex. So now you have a wide receiver position you have to fill or you have a running back position you have to fill. 
Um, so if you put them in a primary position, you only have that one position locked. So your flex is open. So that gives you three different positions that you can play instead of the one option that you would have. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And I, re I remember you giving me that tip before that has helped me so that you're not kind of locked down, especially if you have more, if you're heavy on wide receivers, or if you've got a couple of tight ends, you know, you can have that flexibility to kind of maybe put it, you know, kind of pivot and change your original roster and game plan if you need to if they underperform for you yeah i i always consider that for the thursday games but you know when you said it for early sunday games i never really thought about it that much because usually when i set my lineup earlier earlier in sunday i usually don't make any changes you know i stick with the game plan for that day usually but but that is a good idea just in case i don't know how late you guys are like moving people at the last second but <laughs> normally i'm like nope this is what i'm riding or dying with this well i mean as unless as there's the... some but you know an injury or something could still happen mm -hmm. where i did have to you know move and sometimes you do get locked in because oh that person was in your flex right exactly well as the i mean as the year goes on people are going to get more and more hurt and you know it's just more fatigue on the body so there might be more game time positions so that's right. something to consider. So if you, especially right now, we had two Monday night games this week. So yes. now you're betting on players that I hope they're going to play on Monday because if not, I'm I'm in trouble. All right. And then finally, to wrap it up, um, I wanted to give you guys another question. So how long are you willing to wait on a player that's either suspended or on IR? How long are you going to hold on to that player? So IR, if it's like a season in ending injury, so just kind of like, who was that Trey Lance that just had either his foot or his ankle that got broken. I mean, he's out for the season. So like an injury like that, definitely just drop him. I will say it. I don't know if it was last year or year before I had Rogers because I am a fan. I used to be, I'm kind of on the fence now, but, and he <laughs> had an injury and I remember either you or uh, Dak kind of telling me, Hey, maybe you should drop him. What are you doing? Why is he still on your roster? And he came back and actually helped me to kind of go really far. So, um, you know, if it's an injury that they're going to come back with, then I'll probably just keep them and put them in that IR slot. Yeah. If at, for me, it depends on how good my team's performing. If my, all my starters are doing really well and I don't really see me trying to pick and choose and switch around every week because I got some good starters, then yeah, I'm willing to just sit and sit on somebody longer who might not be playing and wait for them to come back and get healthy and then play them. I mean, it, I'm not sure there's even a timeline on it as long as I think they'll be back. And especially if they're really good, if they might be performing at the end of the year. So even if they only give me the last, you know, four weeks, it would still be worth it. But if I'm really struggling and it's like, I kind of need somebody right now, or at least somebody a lot sooner than later who might be able to step in then yeah i'm only oh, only gonna wait like a week or two yeah i, I, I was actually gonna comment on that what you just said right there that um it really depends on your situation right so if you really don't have maybe you have a couple people that are either out you know for, for injury or for suspension and you really just need to pivot i mean you might just have to drop somebody that potentially could be back maybe trade them away if they're getting close to like coming back maybe see if you can get some some value out of them um, the IR slot, I, I guess I'm a little more lenient on holding people. Um, if I know it's only going to be a few weeks or so, I don't mind setting on it because you're not doing anything with that position. But if it's on your bench, that's that's something that you might have to consider pivoting from, especially if you just don't have the depth or maybe somebody's not performing. Bye weeks are coming up and, you know, you know, week six, week seven, somewhere in there they start. So you might have to make that choice. So Great. you might not be able to sit on somebody and hold them. 
All right. You guys have anything else you want to talk about before we wrap it up? Now we're just getting started. So, you know, keep your heads up. Keep fighting. Uh, playoffs. Make, make some trades. Yeah, you just got to get there. Just shoot for the playoffs. Enjoy the ride. Yep. Keep making moves. Keep making roster changes. There's there's, there's some there's some talent out the, on the waiver wires. I mean, we saw some. It's Curtis been Samuel a crazy getting picked up and two stuff, so. weeks. So, yeah, it's just good. And it's going to stay that way, I'm sure. So there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. You never know what's going to happen. Yep, just keep pushing. Yep, so just hang in there. All right, everybody. We will talk to you next week.